Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. Head over there, get all of your wrestling news, podcasts, videos, lots more. We're breaking news all the time. Scoot on over there, click that exclusives tab, see some news that you probably missed elsewhere. We have that Fightful Wrestling Weekly that goes up every Friday. I put about a 1,000 words worth of exclusives in there, stuff you may have missed. But we've got a show review tonight. WWE TLC on December 16th. I do have a Ring of Honor Final Battle podcast that's up. Did an MMA wrap-up podcast this week as well uh, as we head into the Christmas week. We are still going to have Christmas week content for you guys. Uh, The podcast lineup will be changed a little bit, obviously. Not going to be here as the clock strikes 12 on midnight on New Year's Eve, but uh, we will have plenty of stuff for you guys, uh, so make sure you all check it out. I'd like to welcome back Jeff Hawkins, Jeff off the air. I was saying, Jeff, when's the last time you were on a podcast with us? It was September. It would be. Uh, I've had a half a bottle of Robitussin. It's now a race against time. Let's do this. Oh, boy. <laughs> we are also joined by Alex Palowski. Alex, how's it going? It's going great. Uh, I'm in the festive holiday seat, uh, spirit. Uh, WWE says that TLC stands for tables, ladders, and chairs, but I say it stands for twinkle lights and chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> That's me after I try and decorate a tree. <laughs> Boy, well, we have some fables, some chatter, and some hairs for you guys. We got it all. We're ready to go. WWE TLC. If you all want more premium content, check out FightfulSelect.com. That is the most direct way to support us. We dropped like six or seven podcasts this week. 205 Live NXT review. We did a Fightful Books It. We took requests from you guys. I did the Q&A show. Uh, Lots of stuff. The Weekenders up there. The Fightful Report podcast, which is all uh, pretty much exclusive news, injury report updates, and contract stuff. But hey, if you don't want to go over there and subscribe, leave us a thumbs up on this video. Leave a comment on this video and subscribe to this channel. Uh, We also have our MMA and boxing channel. Search for that. Hit us with a subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. We are giving stuff away on the site, on YouTube, on Twitter all the time. So keep an eye out. But let's go ahead and talk about TLC. 
Baron Corbin on the pre-show has Heath Slater and JoJo in the back and has JoJo practicing how to announce him as permanent general manager. Not the start that I wanted to this show, Jeff. I oh, mean, that's a, hot, that's a hot start. What are you talking about? I'm thinking, man, <laughs> JoJo's a real good ring announcer. Like, I don't know if she needs a warm up for that one, but but we got it anyway. Well, well in in Baron Corbin's defense, a good introduction. Or a bad introduction can always ruin a night, whereas, you know, a half-hour introduction, you know, whatever. But, I mean, you don't want it to be bad. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't want this either. We think up the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Alex, I understand you weren't necessarily happy to see this back on the pre-show after it was featured so prominently on Super Showdown. And, gosh, Jeff, did you miss Super Showdown as well? Uh, Super Show Dash Down. Um, was I on for that or not? I don't, I don't think was, so. That was the Australia show. So unless he was up in the morning to do that, there you go. Know. No, I was sleeping as I recall. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, actually, let Alex and I talk about this. You go ahead, Alex. I was just a little disappointed because you know I feel like a proud papa with these cruiserweights. I've been covering them since the cruiserweight classic. Um, I, I, I really love these guys, and I thought we had gotten beyond the pre-show thing. With uh, with their prominent position in Survivor Series and Mustafa facing Daniel Bryan on on uh, SmackDown Live, I understand them them being back on there. But there were a a few matches that made it to the main card that I could have busted down to pre show level pretty quickly. And like I said, these guys are always going to deliver in the ring. Um, and depends on how you want to show that to your audience. I'd rather than be on the main show because as we saw in Survivor Series. WWE thinks the pre-show doesn't matter. So when they put the cruiserweights on there, that's what they're saying. And it kind of contradicts what they've been doing recently by having them showcased on Raw and SmackDown. Every point, you, every point you made is valid. I was in the audience for Survivor Series. I've been having this discussion with uh, another prominent wrestling commentator as well. Live in LA, that cruiserweight match did not get over until the end run. You had people doing CM Punk chants. You had people popping the crowd with who are these guys. And that's not the Cruiserweight's fault. It's no. not. And people who say that the cure for this product is better wrestling and better matches throughout, they're, I think their aim is a little askew. It's not that I want all sports entertainment. It's just that a New Japan style will not get over with the kind of conditioning WWE main roster crowds are used to in some ways. I think they're being punished for the sins of the Los Angeles crowd a little bit by put, be, being put on this on this pre-show match. Um, and look, all you have to do is look at the reaction that they got versus the reaction of this ridiculously stupid mixed match challenge finals, which was over with this crowd. Yeah. And you can. And the problem isn't with the cruiserweights. Stop pounding it's, on your desk. I'm sorry. The, the problem. I'm angry. The problem isn't with the cruiserweights. It's with the presentation of the cruiserweights and making them interesting. It's not that people want to see great matches all the time, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who do. They want to see interesting people in interesting feuds have good matches. Yeah. the The way that I put it is, this has to serve as a WWE Network commercial as well for YouTube, for Periscope, for mm-hmm for uh, Facebook because they can't use or they they don't use Raw as that commercial for the WWE Network anymore for 205 Live. And I've said this time and time again, but I can't talk to you. I can't even begin to tell you the number of people in WWE 
when I ask about 205 Live, they'll t- tell me, we tried. We put Austin Aries on the brand. Uh-huh. We put Enzo Amore on the brand. We gave him a main event slot. We put Neville on the brand. People either didn't want to be there, looked at it as a demotion, and WDB wasn't trying to make it a demotion. WDB was initially doing their best to make this what it could be. And, I mean, when you got four people, the caliber of Rich Swan, Austin Aries, Enzo Amore on the mic, and Neville who are just like either screw up or hit the bricks, man, that could be tough to overcome. It, it, it really is. And I, I like this match. I, I did too. It was it was a great match. Yeah, virtually anything that Buddy Murphy does is is very good, and Cedric Alexander's great too. Um, there's a lot of stiff strikes and smooth counters. We see the cheeky Nando's kick. They end up on the apron, and we see that spot. Then a lumbar check, but Murphy's able to get his foot on the ropes. I love that he didn't kick out. He had to mm-hmm. put his foot on the ropes, and then Murphy's Law gets the win. That that is one of my favorite finishing moves in all of wrestling right now. I thought this was the right placement for this match because you're in front of a hot crowd that wants wrestling. Mm-hmm. That was part of the problem with 205 Live in general yeah. is that they were on after SmackDown instead of on before SmackDown when that crowd was starving for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alec, uh, Alex, I want your thoughts on, on this match before we move on. It's, it's, at this point, it is impossible for Buddy Murphy to have a bad match with either Cedric or Mustafa. The, the, he works so well with those two guys in particular. And, I mean, he he tore the roof off the place. I mean, not not among the crowd, among me, just in the ring with Grand Metalik last week, who never gets, you know, real one-on-one shots anymore uh, on 205 Live. Buddy Murphy's out of his mind good. And that's why I feel like my, my cure for this whole 205 Live thing is once a month, advertised all through the weeks up until that point, you have the cruiserweight title defended live on raw and you, and you figure out, you say last week on two Oh five live, this is how we were building to it. And then at the third, third Monday of every month, the cruiserweight title is the first match of the 8 PM block on it, defending the cruiserweight. The first time you do it, you have it change hands. Everyone will be watching and seeing what happens because they'll be interested because that match means something as opposed to the Lucha House Party getting over because, you know, they get to cheat. It doesn't work. I would argue that, gosh, probably since Buddy Murphy showed up on 205 Live. And I mean, I I guess he's had when did when did he show up there? Was it February? Yeah, February, March. Yeah, he didn't have a full year, but I think since then he has been the most consistently outstanding in-ring performer uh, on the WWE main roster at ver- at the very least. Jeff, any, any more thoughts on this match? I uh, love it. I, I think Mustafa Ali has been the best bell-to-bell performer on this That's roster. Fair. Um, I, I like Alex's idea. I just think people might view it as, as a pee-break match. That's, I mean, it's, this is decades of bias we're talking that we're fighting against here and going right, upstream yeah. with. But, I mean, hey – you never know when, how that bias will change and adjust. I mean, you got to remember yeah. that 15, 20 years ago, 225 pounders were the cruiserweights. Yeah. Right. Now it's 205 pounders, and, and we're starting thing. to see more actual human being-sized people right. competing. And also, you got to think that like WWE is really bad at planning for their future. Um, I honestly feel like if you gave these guys a once-a-month showcase on, on, on Raw, uh, younger fans would eat it up. And those are your fans who are going to grow up and in 10 years be spending money. 
I mean, spend it going going to wwshop.com, buying tickets to go to these live events. And if you build these these fans at a younger age with exciting in-ring material, when I was younger and I was watching WCW, I love the cruiserweights the most. And that's what built me into like loving to watch that kind of wrestling because I got to see it at a, at a younger age and, and move on with my life. So up next, we had a guitar ladder match where Elias defeated Bobby Lashley. Now, I just want to say right out of the gate, this is a harmless ladder match that was well executed. However, in the build up to this, you had three ladder matches on this show, Jeff. You had this match in which was billed as you climb up, you get the ladder, you use it. You had Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin, which presumably was a pinfall match. What did they have to grab? You had the women's match where you had to get up there and grab something. So somebody within WWE took a look at that and said, you know what? We just need to switch this up and make the end result someone going up, grabbing the guitar and winning. Because that's what they switched it to. I thought there was no other way for this match to end than Elias cracking a guitar over Bobby Lashley's ass. Unfortunately, we did not get that. We got more of a 50-50 thing, but I thought this was, honestly, I thought it was a good ladder match. It was a short one, but I thought that they executed well, and it was fine. It was one of Elias's better main roster outings, Yeah, to be honest with you. Um, and I thought Elias had to win after the beatdown on Monday. Um, now, he didn't have the, I mean, he got the win, but then got... Uh, yeah. Well, then he's looking at a winning streak because he got his ass kicked after this one, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, you're lucky it wasn't a guitar on a pole match. <laughs> you know, there's a Bluetooth segue in there somewhere, but oh, no, no, please. We'll, we'll not go there. Uh, Lashley got control early on after he showed his ass. Uh, Elias stomps a ladder on him. Leo distracts Elias, and Lashley goes to work. We get the old squisher. There was a spot, a happy accident that I liked, Alex where the ladder fell on Elias, and Elias sold it immediately. Like, just reactionary, just boom, had it right there. That's good. You should be in the moment in those matches. If a ladder falls on you, you should sell it, even if it's not part of the match, you know? so Belly-to-belly suplex into the ladder. Elias returns the favor with a powerbomb onto one. Then he goes up and he grabs the guitar. That's it. He wins. Uh, Not the rule set we were told about, but... Afterwards, he gets gets beaten down, and Leo Rush hits a frog splash. Bobby Lashley busts a guitar over his back. This was 50-50 booking, where a guy wins, then gets his ass kicked afterwards. Jeff, you look like you're aching to say something. Remind me, they did say in the build-up to this match, it was whoever grabs a guitar, because then use it in the match. And I I asked backstage, (laughs) I asked backstage and got stonewalled about it. They acted like they did. And I said, yes, you did. Don't give me that. New phone. Who dis? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Mixed match challenge finals kicks off the pay-per-view spot. The winner gets the number 30 Royal Rumble spot. Carmella and R-Truth defeated Alicia Fox and Jinder Mahal. This was not a good match. It It was exactly what mixed match challenge was. There was a dance break in the middle. There was some woman on man violence. Not the other way around. But this was a former WWE champion teaming with a former WWE Divas champion to take on a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion and a former SmackDown Women's Champion. A main eventer anywhere in the world, Alex. A dream match, dare I say it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when I see this, I put this on Twitter, I'm hoping that a James Ellsworth doesn't come along. I mean, a person like James Ellsworth and nerf Carmella and R-Truth the way that 
essentially he did to Heath Slater and Rhino. Ellsworth was the worst thing that could have happened to Heath Slater and Rhino. Completely stopped that that comedic act. And I like the Carmella R-Truth thing. It gets them a lot of mileage without having to do a lot. Mixed match challenge was perfect for R-Truth and Carmella because it, it allowed them to pop up for about 20 seconds on WWE TV every week. Say, hey, we've got mixed match challenge this week. Do a dance and get the hell off the screen. Now we're going to get some vignettes, presumably, in Stamford, Connecticut, Jeff, because because our truth <laughs> submitted the destination before Carmella had the chance to. There's not a lot to talk about in this match. My only note was I've seen that Alicia Fox neck breaker from every angle now, and I'm convinced it doesn't ever actually connect. I thought I just got bad angles of it, but that's it. Let me say, no one has more fun on this roster, even if she's doing absolutely nothing, than Carmella. Yeah. Just watching yeah. her perform every time. She she brings it every time she comes out. Even if she's not good, she brings it. Uh, Sean, can I swear on here? Yeah, of course. Uh, fuck the Mixed Match Challenge. I was- <laughs> fuck it hard and fuck it long. I am tired of this thing. It, this wasn't planned out. This wasn't... They no, didn't, it wasn't. They, they, they replaced people when they wanted to replace them. Stop this. I realize it's sometimes fun and they're sometimes cute and whatnot, but it hurts the overall product as well. Let me, let me but, read a direct quote that I got from a person who works at WWE about Mixed Match Challenge. It was in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly this does it past say, Friday. Does it say fuck the Mixed Match Challenge? Because that would uh, be awesome. <laughs> and in a much kinder way, yes, it does. Uh, the exact quote was, It is a giant mess. Nobody knows on a weekly basis what's going to happen, who will be hurt, or how things will end up. It is really cheap content and easy to film, so we're going to keep doing it until we're not able to do it anymore. The wrestlers enjoy working the matches because it's a house show, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't say house show, essentially. That's what was inferred to me. They say, but it has become a big inconvenience for several of those who lose their days off to a tournament that doesn't mean anything. And, And there we go. The big yeah. question, the big question coming out of this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Alex, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Is who takes on who takes number thirty from our truth? Oh, our truth is going to enter the women's Royal Rumble at number thirty. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Okay. Gonna, he's going to try at at the very least. He has to. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. At the very least, uh, with all these teams getting split up by injuries, people dropping out. These were two teams who remained the same and consistent throughout. So it says something for teamwork and knowing your teammates, which allows you to progress until you got to listen. I'm trying to find any reason and logic behind this stupid thing. Uh, I, I also hate it, uh, uh, Jeff. Um, and I, I also, I mean, listen, I thought to myself, well, at least we're going to get Carmella and truth in front of a green screen doing a round the world cruise. You know, like our truth is like, ah, oh, this white, this wall in China, it's so great. How great is it? Stupid one-liners and stuff. Nope, no, no, mm-hmm. no. They're now, now they're doing this. Now they're going to WWE headquarters, and that's it. They are going to WWE headquarters, and I- I'm going to look at the the weather updates for Stanford this week. 37 degrees, 45. It's it's getting it's getting chilly. Lows of 23, 30. Rain? That's nasty. That's nasty. I'm going to have to recommend Carmella and R-Truth to actionheat.com slash Fightful. That's right, my friends. 
actionheat.com slash Fightful, engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels to your clothes, whether it be gloves, heated jackets, shirts, base layers, long johns, socks, gloves, hats for men and women. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with actionheat.com slash Fightful. They can reach up to temper or temperatures up to 135 degrees, powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries. You can also charge your phone, charge your tablet while you're doing it. They are a perfect holiday gift for anybody. This is the type of thing that, that tons of people are going to have by next Christmas. They might not have it by this Christmas. So if you want a last-minute Christmas gift idea, they have stuff that fit everybody's budget starting at $39.99. You can save 20% by using that code FIGHTFUL. I've told you all I love the gloves, love the shirt, big believer in actionheat.com slash FIGHTFUL. You can also use the code FIGHTFUL at checkout to save 20% as well. Actionheat.com slash FIGHTFUL. As we move on, The Bar defeated New Day and The Usos to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. This match was good, as expected. Thought The Usos were going to win this one. I don't know what's going to... And they have fantastic chemistry, but Alex, I'm of the belief that New Day and Usos should probably be separated a little bit the next time the rosters are switched up. And we thought that last time around. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh... Um, these these three teams are great. They're the at, at this point they're the three best teams on the entire roster, not just on Tuesdays. So uh, I I think they always wrestle good matches, and I'm kind of done watching them wrestle each other. Like it's just a weird thing. Like you see it over and over and over again, and oh, it doesn't matter how good the matches are. I've kind of seen it, and I I, I just, you have this giant, wide, far ranging, giant, vast roster. You can shake it up every now yeah. and then. Not, not even like with a superstar shake-up, with the old soup shake. Within your actual show, give give Sanity a, a, a mini push where they're, where they're challenging somebody. Like, we haven't seen them on TV. We're, like, Andrade Cien Almas hasn't, been, hasn't wrestled a damn match on, on SmackDown in I don't know how long. You have a huge roster. Use it. Jeff, you old geezer, I bet you liked that rocker plex, didn't you? Oh, you betcha, man. I, I uh I also liked Kofi's uh, Kofi's tribute to the Ding Dongs by wearing bells on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the mushroom stomp was beautiful on Sheamus. Always looks incredible. That led to a Xavier rope walk elbow. But early on, Cesaro stopped an Uso crazy with a European uppercut. Uh, Xavier got a nice flying knee on Sheamus. Eventually, uh, Kofi also hit a, a beautiful trust fall. And I like the way that Corey put it. He was like, it's almost relaxing to watch that in slow motion, just how smooth he does that. But a uh, brogue kick from Sheamus uh, wins the match. I'm glad this run is happening because I've spoken to a lot of WWE superstars who were like, man, it's a surprise Sheamus can still go. They say that it's no secret that his spine is in rough shape. And they always talk about how, imp- not always, but they often talk about how impressive it is that he can still go and he's still doing it. What do you think of this match? Match was a lot of fun. I liked the super kick party. If if Sheamus can't go much longer, I'd love this to be Cassius Ono's spot. Bring yeah. him in as bring back the Kings of Wrestling. Uh look, I am with Alex. I like these three teams a lot, but there's no heat to this rivalry. That's the that's the issue to me. And I long thought uh going in that the bar was going to retain, even though I think the Usos do, do deserve a run. Here here's your nightmare fuel, gentlemen, and we'll see if it happens eventually. 
I think the Miz and Shane McMahon are going to beat the bar for the tag team titles. I'm okay with that. To be honest with you, I'm okay with it. Okay. I, I Normally, I wouldn't be, but I enjoy the Miz doing whatever the hell it is that he's doing. And it's amazing that he's not on this show. I completely forgot, but neither one of them were. But at least it's we, we've seen a revolving door between these three. With, with a brief break with the Bludgeon Brothers that did not work out. No. Like, we, we have seen... The Wyatt family can't stay healthy together, and they can't work apart from each other. It's it's such an insane anomaly. But uh, Alex, any any thoughts on this one as we move on? Um, no, like I like I said, good match, fine match. These guys work really really well together, and I want to see them all wrestle different people for a little while. Then in a year, the New Day versus the Usos will be super hot fire again. But right now, it's just like I. I, I you can't even if listen, you're, listen, even we, if we it's your favorite super hot fire. You can say super hot action heat dot com slash fightful. Super hot hot action heat dot com. They have hats. Fightful. They have hats. Yeah, that, super can, hat, that can be that. Super hat get, love. You know what? This would have been a perfectly suitable Raw or SmackDown main event. Mm-hmm. Title yeah. match, barn burner, three good teams. Whatever. TLC match. Now in my match ratings. I gave this an N slash A, but I gave the angle rating a good old eight and a half out of 10. This reminded me of like a show closer from the 80s or 90s, and it was a lot of fun for me. There were a lot of questions about whether or not Braun Strowman could make this match, this TLC match. He did in a sling after surgery a while back. Corbin before that had said, uh, Heath, count him out. Heath Slater, the new referee that Corbin has hired. But Strowman comes out and says, you forgot to say something. This is a no DQ match. So if somebody (laughs) wanted to help me, they could. Well, he did get plenty of help. What a coup! Apollo Crews, Jeff. What, that, didn't, that didn't get your dander up? That it was Apollo. Oh. There was at least 12 to 15 seconds where I thought that was his That's only it. backup. The same I, I thought like, that was going to be the match. I thought what? that was going to be the match. I went, oh my what? God. Really? What? <laughs> so you also get Gable, Balor, and Rude. Still, what a coup. <laughs> yeah. I love how they said, oh, Baron Corbin has screwed over all of these men. Well, wait, wait. Rude, Rude, and Gable are the champs now because 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 Corbin put Drake Maverick in their title match and they pinned the manager. I so it was so, like, actually, thanks, Baron. You helped I, us out. I so wanted the revival to be a part of this oh, after that too. Lucha House Party stuff, and then then they could say, "Oh, it's the entire roster who all hate Baron Corbin," yeah, and yeah. then it'd be kind of perfect that way. I liked it for what it was. I liked, you know what? I, I was a little ambivalent at first. I didn't know if they were going to draw out this Heath Slater as reluctant referee. But bailing on it, I got no problem with it. And I, you know, yeah. I like a good chair beat down. I, I halfway I, expect them to have Corbin lead the revival moving forward. It's like just the absence of sense that that would be. Can uh, I like when when GMs or these guys, when their own lack of foresight comes back to bite them in the ass? I kind of, that's what I really liked about the angle. It's like, of course, it's a no DQ match. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> they all beat up Corbin, who who decides to leave. But before this, Heath Slater had taken his ref shirt off and cracked Corbin, which got a great reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heath Slater, if you put together like a compilation of his all time top five pops. 
there's some pretty big ones up there. Mm-hmm. He's had some moments. He's had a good career for himself. Uh, but as Corbin's leaving, Kurt Angle shows up, huge ovation, beats Corbin with a chair. I mean, as much as he can without – he moves like an action figure, the poor guy. This was, like I said, a late 80s, early 90s pro wrestling payoff, and it was fun. It made sense. It bought some time for Braun Strowman and got great reactions. Uh, Alex, anything else on this one? No, this was what it was supposed to be. You know, it was a comeuppance for the bad guy. Like, we, we, you rarely see, like, just pure, straight, like, this guy's everybody, everybody band together and make him bad. You are still a laggy Maggie, Alex. We have a tables match up next. Now, a lot of people were down on this match. And I, I'm not one to go into an Natalia versus Ruby Riot match and expect it to suck. The build to it, a little bit awkward. Jeff, I, I want your thoughts on that because we don't get your thoughts on that every week anymore. Uh, the, the, the exact emotional investment from sunglasses to being broken was 15 minutes. When they introduced these, these historic sunglasses from the Monday Night Raw in LA after the Survivor Series to the time they were broken was 15 minutes for any people to have an emotional connection over those things. In the MMA world, we crudely call that blowing your wad. Yes, that uh, that, also, <laughs> that would make another good blue chew segue. It but sure would. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I I have a problem with the debt. I mean, it always feels like dead fathers and cancer are the two angles that they do in WWE. So I mean, I had a bit of an issue with it. I thought Ruby did well with bad material, but there just wasn't any emotional resonance that built here, other than these are my daddy's sunglasses. Fifteen minutes later, snap, and I'm supposed to be upset about that. You know, come out and trash your father for not being a very good worker or something. You know, do something like that if you're really gonna if you're really gonna go in on this kind of tasteless kind of heat. Go all in on it as opposed to sunglasses and props. And I, you know, I liked this match up until. The two things that have been driving me crazy of, of note, or at least one of them, cutting – I used to call it Sasha Banksing, as you might recall. But, no, yeah. it's just cutting promos in the middle of the match about the storyline of the match. Stop that crap. It's it's dumb. And then also, Natty decides to play dress-up in the middle of the match. It's a, it's a blood feud over her dead father. And we have fat heads on tables – and she's dressing up in a – she brought her jacket. I, let Ruby rip the crap out of that too then because I, <laughs> the ending of this was just so contrived and so weird. And then it got even worse with that stupid backstage promo with her and Rhonda where Rhonda's all smiles and then 10 seconds later becomes bitchy again. It's just uh, – You didn't seem to like this. From an execution standpoint, I thought this it was, was a fine really, match. really good. It was a Fine matchup until she pulled out the jacket, and then I just went, "Oh God, okay, do do the do the." She's fighting for her father. That's a great storyline. You don't have to you don't have to hit it on the nose so hard with the jacket. That's all. That's all. Alex, are, are you on the same page here? Yeah, uh, my, my thing was when she brought up the table that had Ruby on it. I was like, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's not I a like one. That. To, that's not a one to one comparison of like. Natty's dad and Ruby's self is a weird thing. Uh, also, I, I gotta say, I thought that was so consistent with Natalia. Yeah, true. she's the same woman who just put a woman through a table and said, "And stay down." <laughs> you don't know, like check off the table with a fat head. 
she is really sweet and incredibly corny. Like yeah. that's yeah. Natalia. Have you seen the video of her that I, I called upon uh, Live or Leave on Twitter to post from the state? Uh, I guess her and Canada. She goes, "We're gonna get nasty, yeah." <laughs> well, this is like, that's a step right. up from cat humor. So I mean, I'll yeah, take I that. Mean, yeah. And the other thing that I that I that I thought was hilarious was after she won the match, she celebrated by putting on a pair of sunglasses, which were either an identical pair of sunglasses, so the one that got broken doesn't really matter, or she, like, glued the first one back together. Either way... <laughs> she should have had, like, the Kurt Rambis tape on the glasses. Yeah. Put them all- the glasses back together. Either, way, either way, like, it, the, the breaking of the glasses now means nothing because she's wearing identical glasses. So the whole reason for the feud is just stop, Alex. We haven't seen a stop, we haven't seen a breaking of glasses this symbolic since Lord of the Flies. Okay, this was this was utterly man. I I enjoyed this match as ridiculous as it was. I, I did took a hell of a bump. I, I, I thought the live bump was amazing. Oh, yes, that was awesome. Uh, I was a little surprised that Natalia was able to break that table with Sarah Logan off a scoop slam. That was pretty cool. It was impressive. I love the spot where Natalia has Ruby Riot in the sharpshooter, and Ruby tips the table mm-hmm. to crack Natalia in the Hands back of her head. Yeah, that was a really good spot. Then there was one, and, and I like that they didn't get shaken by it. But when Natalia goes for the electric chair, the table flips over, which it needed to, because otherwise, why else wouldn't she put it put her through it? I think it was supposed to be a plant spot where Ruby pushed the table away, but it was a little far away. It worked. It worked. Um, Natalia pulls out the, the jacket then places Ruby on the table. The table with Ruby on it. It's a, <laughs> This should have had a moment like Diesel discovering himself in the casket or Hogan getting the gift with his own head in it. It should have been <laughs> Ruby like, huh? <laughs> or just pure ridiculousness with like other people's fat heads on different tables and just random people that she's pulling out. No, that's not it. That's not the one. You know, one with like Moolah or Mae Young. Or... This might be the best women's table match I've seen though. I can't think of a better one off the top of my head. It's like it's like a couple years ago when they had that that casket match in Lucha Underground, and I'm like, well, it was good, so it's the best casket match I've ever seen. Didn't Charlotte and Sasha have one where they couldn't break a table or they couldn't put the weight through it or something like that? There you go. Well, Natalia super power bombed Ruby Riot through the table. Mm-hmm. Up next, Finn Balor defeated Drew McIntyre. Drew put a, a beating on Balor early on, put his paw on his chest, left a big red mark, and it's not a belly-to-belly suplex. It, it is a throwplex. He throws the man over his head. Drew dominating early. Balor comes back with a tope con hilo and a sling blade, but gets cut off with a real great tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Drew gets super white noise. I kind of don't like him using that as a near fall all the time, but because, I mean, that is a move that has been used by quite a few people as a finish here and there, but uh, they're hitting a lot of great spots. Ziggler shows up and super kicks Drew, but then Drew boots him into the boots a chair into his face. Drew drags that chair into the ring, gets it kicked into his face by Balor. Coup de Gras gets the win. Good match, solid match. I thought it was better than what it what a, one of their run of the mill Raw matches would be, Alex. But I immediately think, oh boy, Drew Ziggler tomorrow. Instead, we're getting Balor Ziggler tomorrow because they brawled backstage after this match. 
Yeah, I honestly thought same thing. More, it's like, oh, Drew Ziggler. They're gonna keep Drew busy through Rumble by having him fight Ziggler seventy-five times because you're laggy, Maggie again, Alex. You're, you're lagging, Jeff. With, with rumors running rampant and and the terminology used, WWE saying Vince McMahon showing up to shake things up. SmackDown looks like it's really hurting for top-level baby faces. And a lot of people speculating, oh, Drew's leaving because he's moving to SmackDown. And I'm thinking, they could use Balor a lot more than they could use Drew McIntyre right now, especially with Daniel Bryan likely to be as hot as he's going. I want your thoughts on the match. Then what the hell do you think happens with a Drew McIntyre or a Finn Balor after this? I thought this was a solid match. I was expecting kind of a raw main event style match between these two with Drew McIntyre going over. I thought it was a mistake for Drew to lose here. He's your hottest big time heel right now. Not Baron Corbin, not even Brock Lesnar. It's Drew McIntyre. I know Dolph. I I didn't like the Dolph interference. I was expecting it actually on raw versus on here, but I... I just, I just think you should have had Drew McIntyre have a good match with Finn Balor. It, we come off, we say it's nothing spectacular, nothing compared to the Raw match, but, uh, it, you know, Drew beats the crap out of him for a while. Finn gets a couple hope spots, and then uh, Drew goes over. But instead, now we're going to have kind of a three-way feud here, which is okay, but we kind of wanted to see Drew move on to something else, and now we're kind of getting a 205 Live issue. We're seeing the guys go up against the same people week after week after week, and it doesn't escalate. You you're get you got two guys that in the midst of this, whatever this is right now in wrestling that's going on right now about the quality of in the ring, out of the ring, the writing, Vince McMahon having to show up, Seth Rollins being written to cut these promos on Raw about how bad the show is, Balor and McIntyre are getting reactions, and they're keeping mm-hmm. people engaged. And you're putting them with a the person who isn't and Finn is waning though. It's he's waning because he's this guy who gets a great pop, who people really like, who gets beat. And he didn't tonight. He didn't tonight, but he had been for weeks. And it's just one of those weird things where, okay, now we're going to give him a win. So it's like, okay, but, but in doing so now you've brought down drew instead of elevating Finn, which it's, it's not an equal proposition. You're not elevating one and lowering the other. You're lowering one down to somebody else's level. Yeah. Rey Mysterio defeated Randy Orton in a chairs match. I didn't care about this match. Jeff, I'm pretty sure you didn't care about this match. The crowd didn't care about this match. That being said, they had some cool spots. The boogie board slide chair spot was one of the coolest chair moves I've ever seen in my life. That was a highlight. Yeah. My favorite line of this match was, Randy has decided to slow it down a bit. I just, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. Uh, Yeah, it's two old pros doing certain spots, you know, not really having a great match. Just here's this set piece, here's this set piece. And I liked the end. I thought that was very clever. The, uh, I, thought it, I thought it was the best match these two were going to have, yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, Ray breaks his old ass apart on a senton onto a chair. Head scissors Orton into a cornered chair. Ray uh, gets a chair thrown into his face, gets a 619. Uh, gets his face slammed upside down, hung up in the ropes. But then Orton, sitting on a chair, gets caught with a victory roll, which I thought was a very creative finish and a nice way to end this. I know that Alex said it was an indecisive finish. 
I don't think so. Rey Mysterio pinned the man. Were, that, you su- were you surprised by who went over on this match? No, I, I predicted uh, Mysterio to win. Okay. I thought Randy Orton was going to be kept strong because he still has that main event heel level heat on him. And, and Ray doesn't need the win here. He's a nostalgia act. He comes in, he gets an occasional win on TV, and then loses the matches at pay-per-views. But I was a little surprised by it. I don't know what the resistance is to put Randy Orton in a tag team. It is the only thing he has not done for an extended amount of time. That's it. I think he probably doesn't want it. I would love. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of the angry old man, Shelton Benjamin, Randy oh, Orton yeah. tag team. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about I that when I was still doing this. I would love it. Yeah. Alex, any uh, parting thoughts on Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio? Uh, match didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, could, could you, you easily could have built this and had it Rey Mysterio versus Andrade Cien Almas and had it being the old guard versus the new guard and had it mean something. But instead of it's, it's an old timers match and I don't need to see it. Yep. Wow. WWE Raw Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey defeated Nia Jax. Dare I say this, Jeff? I was about to start with dare I say, but go ahead. Ronda Rousey <laughs> carried Nia Jax. Holy crap! That was exactly my point. Yeah. That, that's what that amazed me. That amazed me that 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 Ronda Rousey at, at this stage in her career is carrying Nia Jax to one of that Nia Jax's twice. Oh. To, to one of her, <laughs> to one of her better, to one of Nia's better performances on the main roster as well. I I, I think, um, yeah, no, it, it was it was a bit of a revelation. I, she's she's talented. Hey I may guys, not like if, her presentation, but you want a heads up in pro wrestling? Learn how to really wrestle. Learn how to really fight. Matt Riddle, Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey. Obviously, these were some of the best at what they did before but it doesn't hurt to go in with that. Ronda Rousey is doing things regularly nine months into her run in the ring. And I can't even count the number of things that she's done that I've never seen before. And Alex, you and I talked about this often last year. I said, when, when we reported that he, that she was starting training, she's got a lot in her arsenal already that wrestling fans have never seen because of her super high level judo background. However, a suplex that looked like it was bound to be botched, and Rousey's like, no, I'm going to take your back and hit you with a rear naked choke. <laughs> that, it was, some of the transitions are amazing. It was, and, and for Nia, like, and the, when Nia went on the offensive, Alex, it wasn't tough to tell who was leading this match. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, not, Nia, Nia is as good as who she is working with. And how much they are allowing, you know, Nia to look good at their expense or whatever. Um, Nia can have some some really high quality matches, um, and Nia can have some some dreadful stuff in the ring. Um, and it, it it really doesn't. It's not up to Nia. It's up to the person she's working with. Uh, Ronda made this look great, and she made the 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 Money in the Bank match look great. Um, two two of Nia's two of, if not the two best Nia matches on the main roster were against Ronda Rousey who's been wrestling for like six minutes. 
like I, I, it's amazing to me like how how fast she's picked everything up since mania um and if she continues to improve at this rate like who knows where she's going to be in another year the athleticism is unparalleled the acting needs a little work uh the fire yeah. up the the fire up by her looks hokey every time and it, but you know what that can be learned um I'm going to be very inter- yeah, go, go ahead, ahead sorry. sorry. No, no, no. I, I was going to say, I'm going to be very interested uh, the this match and how she got over vis-a-vis the end of the main event, but we'll go, get into that when we get there. It's almost poetic how Ronda Rousey holly-homed Nia Jax in the beginning stages of this <laughs> match. But <laughs> Rousey goes into that rear naked choke, then the arm bar, but then Nia drags her out to- outside and slings her into the barricade. Rousey reverses a powerbomb with a Hurricane Rana, goes into her strike combo, and she was laying them in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that flying knee project that she's been working on running up people, it came to fruition on this night. A beautiful Superman punch, too. Rousey did a great crossbody to the outside, and Nia almost didn't get the roll through. That was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Nia trying to do that roll through into the yeah. Samoan drop. But then Nia goes for the Super Samoan drop. Ronda Rousey turns it into a sunset flip powerbomb for a two count. Great reaction. Rousey avoids the face breaker, applies the arm bar for the win. Still don't know why she's switching the arm like that. But hey, to, to each their own. <laughs> this, was, this was good stuff. I don't know if I remember off the top of my head, outside of the, the Super Powerbomb, I don't, I don't know if... Nia took one flat back bump. I think most of it was like shoulder rolls and stuff, but yeah, it was a good match. I, I loved the, the touch of um, kissing the face breaker before applying the arm bar. That's a great that, touch. That was nice. And this actually did it like while staring down Tamina, like you, you're not going to get involved in this. Why would yeah. you like it? I, I just love that. She, she's yeah, this, the, I thought this was really great. And again, like, I, I don't know where there's, there's, I always, I often think, well, she's going to plateau. Like, I just don't know where that plateau is. I don't know if she's like halfway up the Mesa and once she, like, or a quarter of the way up before she actually gets to the point where she's like, this is as far as I go and that's it. But she's improving at such a, an incredible rate. I don't, I don't know where, where we go from here. Like I say in a year or, but this all, this all is predicated on if she says, I'm having such a great time. I want to do this full time for the for the next for the next couple of years. And if she does that, the sky's the limit. Like who knows where how far how good she can get. Her week to week presentation on Raw is making her less interesting. That's the problem. Here. Yes, I mean, and it's, that's, not, it's and, not that her talent's going to plateau. Right. It's that her aura is going to plateau. Right. This was an outstanding match, and you know I do say that Rousey carried this match, and there were a couple spots where Nia looked a little rough, but still, I mean. Takes two to tango, and this was just a a blast to watch. And the chemistry, the fact that Nia Jax has her best chemistry with a woman who is nine months in is amazing because she is in there with more seasoned in-ring workers than Ronda Rousey, but everything fits with these two. She has a good chemistry with Bailey too. Yeah, but when she, yeah, that, she did on NXT at least. I don't know now, but I would argue that these that these two matches have been better. Maybe it's because of yeah. Rousey's over. Well, Nia's improved. Nia's improved too since those since you know she's been brought up. It's not I, that she, I, I would hope so. 
Yeah, that she's improved since since her first match with Bailey in NXT, which was I thought was really great for a newcomer. But I mean, she I would hope she's improved since then. That's been a long time. One thing is she slowed down a little bit, and yeah. that yeah. that's that can be an issue. But uh, if that changes, I think that the sky's the limit for Nia Jax. Also, if she can be a little safer in the ring, that's 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 an issue. When you go for a backbreaker and you forget to plant your leg. That's yeah. a problem. That's yeah. a problem in WWE. You don't do that. Backstage, Becky Lynch runs into Nia Jax and says, remember when you broke my face? And then punched her in the face. Alex? Earlier in the night, during her interview with uh, with Charlie Caruso, who apparently is a foot and a half shorter than Becky Lynch. I love that they're, they're pulling yeah. the Tom Phillips with Charlie Caruso and the men of wrestlers. Um, uh, uh, that she said, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, since, since both rosters are here, I might just uh, take a look around, see who see who we run into, um, and and hand out some receipts because there are a lot of debts to collect when the man comes around. She's the greatest thing in wrestling right now. Like, uh, I'm ready for some tax time jokes. <laughs> she's. So I'm ready good. for that. She's and so I and good. I want them to come from Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt specifically. Yes, for obvious reasons. Jeff, anything on this? I thought this was going to lead to Nia showing up at the end of the night. I did too. I thought her and Tamina might ruin ruin the uh, the uh, ladder match for some reason. Uh, <laughs> to Alice's point, Charlie may have bigger arms than <laughs> Becky too. That's really, she's jacked. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'll I'll, uh, I'll double back on this uh, when we get to the main event. WWE Championship match. Daniel Bryan defeated AJ Styles. I figured this was going to have a slower pace considering the rest of the card, but Styles misses a drop kick. And Brian goes to work, really uh, cuts off Styles at every turn early on. Brian gets caught with a nasty clothesline, but I love the cravat suplex out of that moonsault reverse DDT. It almost wasn't even a cravat. It kind of was. Like it was like it stopped right in between what would be a swinging neck breaker and what would be a cravat suplex. And I think that made it look even better. Awesome yeah. spot. Styles catches a Brian kick and puts the pain on Daniel Bryan's leg, uh, turning the tables on Bryan after he's done this for so long. Styles lost his balance on a half crab, which was really my only qualm with this match, but the LaBelle lock is applied, and then a series of pins are attempted, then a kick trade where Daniel Bryan goes head kick, AJ Styles goes Pele kick. Styles hits a drop kick to avoid that running knee and gets a two on a springboard 450. And when Bryan is locked in a calf crusher, he rolls through while Styles is adjusting it. Nice touch. They talked about it on commentary. Got out of the ring. And a phenomenal forearm uh, off the barricade hit Daniel Bryan. But he, but AJ almost ran into the ref in the ring, and then we go into the finish. Jeff, your thoughts on this one? Loved it. This is the match. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a uh, – how, how do I put this? For, for the years that AJ Styles has been in this company – We've been wanting New Japan AJ Styles in main events, and he's come close a few times. The Brock Lesnar match. Uh, this is his one of his better to me matches amongst the SmackDown top tier talent, especially given the disappointment of the Nakamura feud. I really liked this a lot. I liked that Daniel Bryan did not cheat as much as I thought he was going to do. I thought he was going to pull. I thought he was going to pull a few Larry Zabiscos in there, go out of the yeah. crowd, stall, do some of those old school heel tactics, and it wasn't. This was a nice little technical match, I thought. 
Alex, were you surprised that the small package got it done? Um, well, you know, it's it's not. Well, if you were, you should check out bluechew.com code fightful. Because you can make it work. You can get it done even with a small package. Yeah. Bluechew.com. Well, That's blue like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But how about this? They're faster, they're better, they're cheaper. They're chewable, gets in your system way quicker. They're cheaper because they ship direct, straight to your door, discreet package. It's better because you're prescribed online. You don't have to wait around at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait around at the doctors. No more awkwardness in person. This is a true performance enhancer nothing wrong with a small package guys but bluechew.com code fightful can get you the win it'll put somebody down for the count that i assure you and right now you can get your first shipment free you just use that code fightful just pay five dollars shipping get our boys up at bluechew uh on twitter at get bluechew let them know you heard about them from us let them know that Fightful took care of your small package. Alex, as you were. Uh, well, you know, it, it's a non-definitive finish, so it allows the feud to continue. Uh, so I guess that's what they're doing up until How, how Rumble. is that a non-definitive finish? He pinned uh, the man. I know, but, but, but listen, in my experience in <laughs> WWE, if – if it's a small package or a roll up or something, it allows there to be wiggle room for the guy to say, "Hey, you got lucky." God damn it! If it's true, it's the it's the way it's the way that they've actually. There will it. be no wiggle room if you use bluechew.com code fightful. There you there you go. Um, I uh, was expecting him to kick him in the nuts. To be honest with you, this is the thing that I, that I thought was really funny that they the the commentary team handled this as like Daniel Bryan. How dare he? He. He lied to everyone, and how he concocted this entire thing that he we believed that he was sincere, and the whole time, what a horrible! And it was like it's a little overdoing it because basically what he did was he 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 kicked AJ Styles in the nuts, and AJ Styles is like used to getting kicked in the nuts, like that's his, yeah, that's his that's what happens to, to AJ. He should have been expecting it at that point. AJ's you know? tattoo artist has to be pissy. He's getting no more work, no more initials on his rib. No nope. coming anytime soon. Jeff, uh, anything else on this? Well, actually, first off, Daniel Bryan says he's getting rid of the leather strap on the title belt. Do you think he really does, guys? I hope so. God, it'd be so great. I don't. This, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this segues into my point. This is where Corey Graves started to become quite fantastic, in my opinion, uh, on this match. You can't buy a Tesla with respect. I, I want this new Daniel Bryan to be a one percenter environmentalist who thinks that everybody should have to buy one hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars to go around like a Tesla. I want, I want this whatever this this faux leather that he's going to get for this strap or whatever to be something uber expensive. And he where where he's like, yes, I paid for it, but I'm also not killing the environment like you people. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I want I want one percenter. Mm-hmm environmentalist this will draw a lot of comparisons to cj parker but let's be honest cj parker is infinitely better as juice robinson and daniel bryan is infinitely better at this than cj parker was (laughs) yes yes uh i i I want him to go to the extra mile and compost the wwe title like i i I want i want him to i want him to do it figure out a way of doing it i I don't know what it is make it happen 
That is a fantastic segment too. That's something I've seen brought up a lot. I can't remember what, what podcast I heard it on, but it's something we talked about, Alex. Take it out of the damn arena. Take yeah. the camera out of the arena here and there. Yeah, every now and then there's great stuff to do. When 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 Brian isn't going to actually wrestle, like have him do a little segment in his little Aberdeen, Washington, where he's gardening, and he says, oh, I want to show you my compost bin. And it's the old title, not the new one, but the old one. You know, like just de- decomposing with, with worms and stuff in his compost bin. That'd Ed be great. Ba- Ed Bagley Jr., but a real <laughs> douche. Yeah. That's what I want, yeah. WWE Intercontinental Championship. Dean Ambrose defeated Seth Rollins. Boy, there's some stuff to talk about here. WWE took what I considered one of the easiest matches to book. And they you peopled it to the point to where all you people didn't give a damn about this match. You had two guys with a real reason to dislike each other. And you took it and you made it Dean Ambrose saying that you guys are smelly. <laughs> you guys smell like the duty. You have okay. cookies. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dean Ambrose, who looks better physically than he ever has, looks more like a main event badass character than he ever has, was coming off of an emotionally just charged opportunity, the, the Roman Reigns thing, with someone as over as Seth Rollins was... It was before all this. What the hell's going on, Jeff? They took a blood feud over a friend's cancer and they had a wrestling match until the point that they had to realize that this was a blood feud. And then it turned into the baby face became mentally weak. <laughs> this is what they do. Yeah. He is one of the world. These are the world's greatest athletes. But if they get angry, they lose all sense of comprehension and make mistakes and get pinned easily. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't. They, hey, the crowd didn't like it. There's no sense of urgency for Dean Ambrose. It's a blood Not feud. Either. He's got all of his vaccinations. He's good. <laughs> mm, he doesn't have to worry about anything. I thought the work in ring was just it was fine. fine. It was fine, but it was nothing spectacular, and that's why the crowd turned on this. It's spots that these guys have seen week after week out of Seth Rollins and great matches. The the super in the falcon arrow spot you know this you know the three dives etc it, it's it it just it it was a feud that that had some heat to it and then they wrestled the match like it didn't that and then the crowd turned on it my favorite part of this match i don't i don't know if i was supposed to like it or not i love cory trolling uh renee i, I do too. It. Loved I loved that, too yeah yeah uh yeah you can you can keep that i didn't i didn't okay. even know that i like i mean it. i mean like, it was up the joint all night, so might as well make her interesting. Well, I mean, I, I, I saw like like stuff that down the, my timeline on Twitter was down the middle. Like either you loved it or you hated it, and I mean, like I was kind of like, eh. But I mean, it just it didn't. Like it's a weird thing to like have Renee there and either a refuse to answer any questions or like push back in a way that she's like, "How dare you? I'm objective." Like, well, are you? Because it's your husband. She, I, I mean, it's a weird thing that they've that they've got going on here, where they're not really sure how to treat it. I'm fine with with Corey like antagonizing her, but her pushing back with "How dare you!" is just. It seems, I don't know. It just doesn't hit the right note yet for me. Maybe it will at some point, but it just it did. It felt awkward. It felt like like uh, there was one point where where Michael Cole was like, "Well, uh, I guess that's your opinion, and that's that's uh, that's fine." And it was like, and she's like, it's not my opinion. I've had conversations with the man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
like conversations with the man that's your husband like i feel like you're you're not i don't know it, it feels disconnected especially with like the match didn't feel it's supposed- like what it was supposed to you like, mean match- you mean renee and dean seem disconnected no, no, I but that and I but I felt like the commentary felt disconnected among itself. Sure. And the match didn't feel like what I felt the match was supposed to. There wasn't a real heat behind it. The 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 crowd starts chanting, This is boring at some point. And then 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 Dean decides to like trick Seth Rollins with the fist bump, and it looks like Seth is gonna fall for it for like 10 seconds, where it shouldn't have looked like he was gonna fall for it at all because it at was all. the dumbest, lamest trick in the book. I mean, it just, it, it was, the, the whole match was insulting to us. And I felt like it wasn't, it wasn't on the guys in the ring. It was on the, the story they were told to tell and it didn't work. So Jeff, you had mentioned Renee stinking up the joint. To me, she's completely inoffensive and that's all I can ask for out of a third wheel commentator. And- uh, to, to me, they, they, they gave her notes that she was supposed to be a little bit feisty back in terms of fighting for baby faces and stuff like that. And that's where, and, and of course the, as you point out the, oh, Oh, <laughs> well, that's your that's your go to for your number one guy. Yeah. So when the number three person, she doesn't say anything that makes me stand out and go, oh, she sucks, which Byron did with regularity and JBL yeah. did with regularity. Yeah. And, and Otunga tonight did a lot. Yeah. When when I don't get anything from Renee, that's like, man, she sucks. Then I'm like, OK, you're you're just fine as a I mean, not great, but the, the level in which they are produced is unreal yeah, yeah. I, I know but but to me the past few weeks she's she's been told to turn up her animosity a little bit in terms of being for the good guys because they feel that there needs to be more balance on there right and you can tell she's trying way too hard at it. there's but there's this is the thing is that it's coming up way way too much in this I, i'm hoping tomorrow with with mcmahon when there's like a a hard reset that that changes a lot of things about what's going on 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 the pro on the program but it does feel a lot like if the bad guys do it, it's bad. If the good guys do the same thing, it's good. And it, it's very hyper-partisan. And it's really weird that, like, mm-hmm. Renee's like, oh, Lucha House Party ganging up on the rival. This is great. Oh, Corbin's friends are ganging up on Elias. How yeah. dare they? It's yeah. the same thing. And it makes her seem hypocritical. And I don't like that. Yeah, with one, it's a bad thing. With the other, it's, oh, he's just taking advantage of the situation and showing ruthless yeah. aggression. Yeah. 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 Well, if, if there's a hard reset for tomorrow, the wrestlers don't know about it. And I think if there is a hard reset and the wrestlers don't know about it, that's not a good omen. No. To work just, the boys. I think it's more simple. I just think Vince McMahon's going to be the GM for a while. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that'll be good. <laughs> that bowing will stop real quick from the crowd if, if that's, that's the yeah. case. Yeah. Also, I didn't think that it helped this match that, Rollins and Ambrose did the, did the leg injury gimmick. The match Again. after you had Styles and Daniel and uh, Styles and Daniel Bryan doing it. Also, the fact that they're doing it and in the interim, Seth Rollins is doing really crisp, fast suicide dives. It doesn't work. Does doesn't work. Ambrose wins. The finish was the the fist bump thing was so weird. It it wasn't great. It was placed poorly. It was built poorly. They took what should have been a slam dunk of a yeah. storyline and they rendered it to the point to where nobody cared. Yeah. And then they transitioned it as we go into the main event. Suit Williams of Voices of Wrestling pointed this out, so I'm, I'm giving him full credit. They have a storyline about cancer 
and then they go to shoes about Connor's cure. It's like, oh yeah. my god, really? Are you guys that tone deaf? This storyline is the anti Becky. That's what we're gonna call it. It's not the anti Christ. It is the anti Becky because the Becky Lynch thing they have carefully crafted, and they said, oh, we got something here. And they have constructed it and had a few happy accidents along the way that have have accentuated it. But here we go. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, a TLC match. Asuka defeated Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair to become the SmackDown Women's Championship. I thought this was a blast. This was fun. And you had some people saying, well, I'm expecting some botches. Uh, No. I, I don't know why their level of experience in ladder matches would lead anyone to expect that. Lots of people have their first ladder matches and do just fine. These women did great. Becky Lynch is super over. Uh, Jeff, this this was everything I thought it needed to be. These women killed themselves. Yeah. yeah. Especially Charlotte. Look, you, you, can, you can talk about Charlotte's Roman Reigns push all you want. She died for the sins of the women's division today because she was getting cracked in the skull. That leg drop off the ladder. Oh, that that thing. I mean, she was swearing after that because that thing hurt like a mother. I think you got some Cena parallels here. When she's in a big match situation like this, she delivers. Yeah. You want what else was painful? The the barrier not breaking when she did the spear. Yeah. You can tell that thing was painful. These women. Killed themselves for our pure entertainment dollar. I loved every minute of this match up until the end. Let's talk I about did. the spots. Uh, Charlotte kicks a ladder into Becky's face. Asuka lays in the strikes, gets a nice code breaker on a spear attempt from Charlotte. Asuka, we get the first real big ladder spot of the match where Becky is snap mared off the buckles into the ladder. Then she power bombs, she being Asuka, Charlotte through a leaning table. And like got like the the bottom the six very, of it. <laughs> very bottom of it. Ooh, Ooh boy! Yes. Charlotte does the moonsault to the outside on both women, and this is the best situation <laughs> because Charlotte can land on her feet and yeah. then take the back because that's how she's used to landing this. Charlotte throws Becky into the guardrail and Oscar over the table, and then Becky places both women on the announcers' table. Alex and we see it. The first spot that made me go. Oh, goddamn! Oscar <laughs> moves off the announce table. Yes. Becky jumps off the ladder. And then Becky hits with a leg drop, which is more like a flying ass driver yeah, into yeah. the ribs of Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, Bounces off of Charlotte, and Charlotte goes, Ah! <laughs> um, My ovaries! <laughs> uh, whatever... Like, I mean, somebody check on Charlotte's spleen because, like, that just it just looks like I was like, oh, bro- broken ribs, but I was like, oh, no, no, internal bleeding. Like, that looks so rough. Like, she took all, like, a leg drop across the chest from that height through a table, fine. That was like Becky's entire weight directly yes. over her ch- yeah. stomach cavity. Like, that, that was looked, ass on there, right there. That was, that was full that, on. I just, I, whew, whew. I know, Ooh. Jeff, I know you've watched a lot of Flair in your day. You know how you can tell Charlotte's Flair's kid? Oh, God! Oh, oh. oh, oh God. God! Oh, God! Oh, God, that fucking hurt! Yeah. You can tell. 
Oh my goodness! Uh, but that one, when she swore, it was like, "No, that that ain't that ain't working right there, kids." That's uh... oh man, it was phenomenal, and I was scared. And when I see Charlotte reemerge with yeah. that kendo stick, I was like, "Thank God, she's okay." Yeah. She takes out both women with the kendo stick, and then as soon as she comes back, she gets exploded, but not through a table, no. not into the barricade, into a table that is just flat. That's yeah. the one where I went, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Because it looked like her head yeah. just went through the table. Yeah. I, went, I went, Charlotte's going to die tonight. And these two women are going to kill her. And and, and everybody's going to be over after this. But I'm just like, good Lord. What, what is this? Is this like mid-90s Jap- Japan? All of a sudden? What are we doing here? Yeah. It's Asuka's turn with the cane. She beats everybody down. And then as soon as she turns around, I thought this was the best. What happened? The happy accident of the barricade not breaking, Alex, oh my God. but halfway breaking. Yeah. Best possible thing that could have happened because <laughs> Charlotte masterclassed that. Yeah, she and did. Just stayed there. They yeah. both kind of they both they kind of, it's kind of like a cartoon where they hit it was supposed to break and then they kind of slowly slide yep. down. A little. The Michaels Jericho WrestleMania 19 where. The kick to the balls and Michaels just slides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, Charlotte. I, uh, I love Be- that spot. Charlotte and Becky duke it out in the ring before it spills outside. Charlotte does what I, I saw. Um, let me let me make sure I got his handle right. OG Johnny, I think it is. Said, <laughs> or no, it was Justin Davis. Yeah, he said Charlotte did a drunk ass swanton bomb. <laughs> Through the table. It was phenomenal. After slapping her in the face, Alex, that slap on the face added. Ooh, that added so much to it. Like these these women, like they were they they were killing each other for this title. Like it meant it meant a lot. Uh it's it like one of those things you were talking about how how it, it surprised Vince a few weeks ago when everyone was like how how over Oscar was. It was like, well, I guess we, we better have something to do for with her. And I mean, thank God that that crowd loved Asuka that night because it allowed this match to be so much more because she added so much to it herself. I mean, and this also, is the Asuka that winning. was needed. Yeah, this is the Asuka that was needed. She's been a killer since this day is, one in NXT. She needed that, to be a killer. That, that's the other thing is that the, the commentary like nicely glides over the fact that she was completely misused for months when it's like, she's been pursuing this title every day since she's been in, in on SmackDown live. Like, she's been, no. She, she, no, she's been hitting people with a butt since she's been on SmackDown. Yeah. That's all she's been doing. She and Naomi were fighting the Iconics for like months on every third SmackDown. No, 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 no. Like this is the, this is the Oscar we have, we've been wanting since she came up. And instead, she was like getting tricked by James Ellsworth playing dress up, and and then you know slumming with Naomi. This is the real Oscar. This is the mm-hmm. one we've been wanting, and we got her. We got her for at least tonight. You want to know what's so frustrating about WWE? It's that so many of the the storylines, the characters, the writing, the direction can be tone deaf. Meanwhile, you see this storyline that was originally just Becky Lynch super over, and. In the meantime, Charlotte is still super over. Asuka is now a super over champion. And you might have a WrestleMania main event out of this. Becky Lynch was beautifully crafted after the crowd reaction did not go the way that they wanted a couple days after SummerSlam. They were like, okay, we're going to rock with this. We're going to pivot. But they didn't pivot to the degree that they completely 180'd everyone else. 
They kept everybody else consistent with how they've been. Then when a person who wasn't supposed to be involved in Asuka got a bigger reaction than the person they wanted to push, they looked at it and said, oh, let's integrate her. If that's the way it's going to be, let's go ahead and rock with that too. And then they did. And now almost everybody involved is better for it. Yeah. That's why it's so frustrating when, when WWE they, does when the Dean Ambrose Seth do Rollins that. thing. Yeah. Yes. This is the thing I was watching. It was like, now they actually get to say, we listen to our fans. Yeah. Because they did it once and they did it really well. And they can com- conveniently ignore all the other times they didn't listen to any of us. Which yeah. is fine. Because this, if we we got this out of it, and I'm I'm frankly happy we got this. Uh, but yeah, there have been plenty of other times where they did, were not listening to us at all. <laughs> this was the right person to win the match, yeah. um, in my opinion, yes. because you can you can take the belt off of her at Elimination Chamber or even a you can do whatever you want. You want to. Yep. Um, I did not like the ending of this match. Well, uh, let's, let's it, talk about it. The ending comes when Charlotte and Becky Lynch are on the top of the ladders. Ronda Rousey emerges. Pushes them off the ladder. That that spot left a lot to be desired based on the way that it was taken yeah. and everything. But Jeff, uh, hit me with your thoughts. All right, here we go. Because I'm going to hit all these little things that we've been going through throughout the show. When they did the smiling with Natty to bipolar uh, Rhonda, which is just the worst thing about her characters. Yeah, that was a great man. I'm going to kill that girl. Hey, that, you know, that any character, my man. I know, I know it's not, but, <laughs> but it feels like one. They needed the vignette where Becky hit her backstage in order to set that spot up because it goes into something else that Alex was complaining about baby faces who come out and do heelish things. And it's taking advantage of a situation because it made no sense for your most over baby face in the women's division to come out and screw <laughs> Becky and Charlotte right then necessarily when they were fighting it out amongst themselves, the story to tell here was that would be that Becky and Charlotte were so focused on getting at each other that Asuka got the win. And then Asuka is kept strong in that match. Give her the strong ladder match as opposed to the assist from Ronda here. And then you got all four stars at red hot pace and you have a very great problem. Um, I, I think though the belt had to come off Becky She's going to win the Rumble, and then it's going to be a, a choice between Ronda and Charlotte, perhaps, or maybe both. And then you kind of have an interesting problem as to what to do with Asuka because you don't want to do a Charlotte rematch necessarily, but Ronda and Becky are the hot thing. I just didn't like your most over babyface in the women's division coming out and ruining the match, the title match for the other brand. I, I thought that was a little bit tone deaf. When I look at this, I think, who's debuting on NXT TV this week? Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Okay. They were, I'm pretty sure, told in no uncertain certain terms, we expect you to advance and get better in the ring at a rate much higher than everybody else because they had this. At the end, the end shot that we got of Becky and Charlotte was kind of both of them looking in disgust at Ronda Rousey, like together. Mm-hmm. I think that could be what draws them together, and I think that that is a natural for – Elimination Chamber is to have four horsewomen, four horsewomen. I hope they don't try to push that narrative for WrestleMania. Hope to God they don't because Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey deserve that main event WrestleMania spot. If Charlotte is somehow put in there, I'm okay with that too. 
I'm that all should right be with a that. year away. That should be a year away because they need to heat up Sasha and Bailey for that four yes. horse women on four horsemen to mean anything. Yeah, and to me, yeah. and to me, it feels and to me, it feels like one of those rumble face off face off. The horseman yes. thing, I agree, needs to, needs to be pushed off for for at least a while. Hey, honestly, you could you could talk me into it happening in next year's Survivor Series. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's far enough away. I think what they're going to do is do the Luger and Bret Hart spot from 94 Rumble where their okay. feet touch at the same time with Charlotte and Becky and they both decide to challenge Ronda and you get a triple threat because they both they both hate Ronda. Those I think are tricky. Yeah, oh, oh, they're in, they're <laughs> yeah. incredibly tricky and we've seen many times that they just, they don't work the way they're supposed to. But I feel like they're going to try and figure out a way of 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 getting them in some way involved in a triple threat yeah. versus Ronda. Uh, because the, Rhonda didn't single one of them out. She went for both of them. So they both hate each other, and they both hate her, which now frees up Asuka to have challenges from... Ah, you know she's what I mean? Gonna I nice, like... She's going to get a nice short-term uh, run into this, but she's not going to be the champ at, at Mania. <laughs> she's she's losing it at one of those pay-per-views in between. It yeah. all depends. It all depends on if they want if they want the Becky and Charlotte thing versus Ronda, because okay. then that frees up Oscar to be the champion going into Mania versus well, versus who? I don't know, but Bye. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have shows after Raw, after SmackDown every single week. We have our flagship show, The List, and your boy Jimmy Van told a story about WWE threatening Fightful with legal action this summer. That is on our last podcast. Worth going out of your way to check out. But uh, we also had a Ring of Honor post show uh, this this past Friday. We cover Ring of Honor, NWA, Being the Elite, uh, Impact Wrestling, 205 Live, NXT UK, and NXT on the FightfulSelect.com premium service. We have retro reviews, lots of cool stuff over there. So check out FightfulSelect.com, the most direct way to support us. But if you don't want to subscribe there, you can leave a thumbs up on the video. You can subscribe to our YouTube channels, retweet any of the stories on our, our Twitter accounts, or just leave a comment. All that stuff greatly helps an independent wrestling website like us that are trying to do things differently and the right way. But Jeff, what do you got going on this week? You can follow me at Crap Game 13 and follow my other show at Shake Them Ropes with Chris Novembrino. We'll be going over all the stuff this week. We'll probably do some silly season stuff going into the uh, new year. Uh, we just started dropping Patreon content just for a tip jar of a buck a month. We'll have a couple episodes a month. Uh, first episode was Chris and I kind of doing parallels between the careers of Kensuke Sasaki, aka Hakushi in the WWF, and the great Muda run in uh, the NWA and WCW. I thought that was Jinsei Shinzaki. I'm sorry, I, it was Jinsei Shinzaki. I was thinking of somebody completely different. Kensuke Sasaki, aka Kurosawa. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. 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 Oh God, I know I'm my old. Japanese wrestling. But I enjoyed being here. I miss the fightful family. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's wild to think it had been so long. But Alex, you will be there tomorrow night. As I don't know, it might be the night that wrestling died. Six. I don't know, guys. If you all remember the other nights that wrestling died on this podcast, not in yeah. your like opinion or anything, <laughs> on this podcast. Let me know the dates and the segments. I know one was Goldberg Lesnar. Yes, I know one was, was Bobby Lashley's yeah. sisters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think one was when Kane beat Balor clean. I yes. Think. I think that I think that also ended wrestling, yes. Quick uh, predictions. What do you think happens tomorrow with, with, with McMahon? Let, let's just, just one I, idea. I already gave mine, really. Uh, he fires I, I, and McMahon takes over. 
Right. I think he fire. I think he fires Corbin. I think he might appoint Alexa Bliss as general manager yeah. for the whole thing. Yeah, I think. I think it's in case of ratings emergency, break glass and promote that Vince Bring is going to be on TV. Bring McMahon. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. I think. I think it might be as simple as that. Hate to let him know this, but shit ain't sustainable, especially considering the dates of the next two weeks. You yeah. got New Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Eve, New Year's night. Good luck. I'll be there. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Visit FightfulWrestling.com. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.